But this is why we pushed the podcast to the last minute for today because we got new information. Yep. So we wanted to keep this as up-to-date as possible. We're going to talk about these babies. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Eden. And I'm Jay. And welcome to Eden X Jay Unfiltered, the podcast where we have created a safe and sexy space to have unfiltered conversations. You might be the same sex, but we have very, very different opinions. Like going on the queer ultimatum. Cha cha cha. Ew. <laughs> no. I'm joking. <laughs> we actually, Eden had a great idea. She wants to apply for season two of the queer ultimatum uh, because I want to have a baby like yesterday and Eden's dragging her feet. Not dragging <laughs> my feet. I just have some very normal and genuine concerns. But I, I don't know. I feel like the ultimatum can use some healthy and really good latina representation honestly i feel like we would kill it as the host of that show honestly missed opportunity right i feel we should start a petition i'm gonna do it right now (laughs) i'm just gonna start it i'll link it i'll link it in this episode if y'all sign it then we can send it to the producers and we can just really like host the next season season three by this time yeah that part but I feel like we would kill it. We'd drop some real like truth bombs and make people grow or think differently. The host needs to be a person of color and the host needs to be queer. I know. At the bare minimum. I agree. They they barely, they, they yeah. The show yeah. was whatever. Questions. Anyways, not the point. <laughs> Hi, we're back. And again, welcome to Eden XJ Unfiltered. If you haven't yet, follow us on everything Eden XJ. We have a lot going on on different platforms. Yes, and we just got back from Canada. Shout out to Toronto. <laughs> hey, Toronto. Hey. Uh, we had the best time in Toronto. It was so incredible. We had the amazing opportunity of working with a tourism group out there. And we got to meet an incredible production team who took loads of amazing content that we can't wait to share with you guys once we are able they to took us everywhere we basically got to experience canada through a, a like a local's point of view and i don't know it was just magical there were so many different things that we were able to see throughout canada like we got to do a helicopter ride we got to go on a jet ski over a beautiful lake we got to go on a boat and it was just such an amazing experience and you know it makes it makes me personally want to cry because never in a million years did I think this was going to be us and this was going to be our life and I'm so happy and proud and how inclusive Canada ended up being and I would have never have thought or seen it in that way had tourism pushed us in that direction to check mm-hmm. them out and I can't wait to share with you guys all the amazing things that we saw. Totally. Yeah. And today's episode is about babies we're talking about making babies but i feel like so much has happened since we talked about babies the last time on the last podcast it's been a minute it has been a minute and there was a lot of new people in here and thank you newbies for joining in for those who have been loyal and have been listening thank you so much again for tuning in we love you so much um but we've been getting a lot of questions about fertility, our fertility process, our IVF process. And I think maybe we should just kind of do a recap and a refresher of how we went through our IVF process and 
picking our sperm donor and like kind of the steps that we took. Not that this is for everyone, but this is just what, again, we learned and what we did in baby cakes. We did our steps in different motions. We took, we took things one thing at a time. Yeah, we are not the traditional type at all. And we weren't traditional about this process either. <laughs> no. And then, you know, you always get that question, right? Chicken or the egg? Sperm or IVF? You know, do you need a partner? Do you not need a partner? There are so many different ways to have a baby in your life. There's, you know, more co- costly ways. There's more cost-effective ways. We just did it our way in the way that made sense for us. And if you're asking chicken or the egg, sperm or IVF, we went with Sperm first. <laughs> Sperm first. Yeah. It's funny because I've always wanted to have kids. So for me, I was going to have kids with or without a partner. Like I yeah. knew I was ready. I wanted to be a mom. I want to go on that journey. And it just so happened that I met the love of my life sitting across the table from me. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um, and it worked out because I felt like your timeline was was on the same wavelength as mine. Uh. I don't know if my timeline was on the same length as yours. It was more so I never wanted kids before I met you. Yes. And then when you talked to me about your perspective on kids and your expected timeline with kids, then I really started opening my eyes to the possibility of having kids and then, you know, eventually wanting them with you and starting a family. And I could really see myself starting a family with you. So you really changed my mind. When I thought nobody in hell was ever going to change my mind. <laughs> I was very hell-bent since I was very young. I'm like, oh, I never want yeah. kids. Ever. Uh, that was just not my journey. Never had any desire to be pregnant or to have that experience. But here I am. And here we are. Yeah. Going on the ultimatum. And you're not just joking. <laughs> she doesn't want to have my babies. I'm not saying. You know what it is for me? I will always want to feel the most prepared any person could yeah. possibly be. And, you know, I just want it to be perfect. I just want to do a great job and get it right the first time. And I have to lower my expectation. And I think that's a real fear. Totally. But I think that's just because you're a perfectionist. Yeah. And it's interesting because I don't view it that way. I have complete opposite views on having a baby. I think if you're constantly waiting for that perfect time, it will never happen. You're going to be like 60 years old waiting for that perfect time now i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like your i like your old lady voice can you do it one more time can i talk to you no no. (laughs) you're getting too excited about it yeah but um i i feel you i think it's really important to also have your finances you know in line and have a game plan but i don't think the baby needs much at least for the first five years seven years of their life it's it's not that difficult. And I also think about the fact that like my mom raised me, right? In like true. the worst conditions. I grew up in a one bedroom apartment in Koreatown and there was five of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was roach infested and just, it was the projects basically. And like not, not a safe place to raise a kid. And I turned out okay. And I, I think about that like that perspective and where we are and i feel like the kid is already winning across the board like he has two loving parents i grew up in a like divorced household and a broken home and like really sketch situations and i just feel like the kid has two loving parents we have a house 
we have food on the table. I'm a great cook. Hey. Um, we're very level-headed people, so I just feel like off the bat, the kid is winning. No, I mean, you are right. If I waited for the perfect moment, I will be old. I don't know why I have a country accent when I'm old. <laughs> um, because maybe we retire in the countryside. I don't know. But it'll never, you're right, it will never happen. You'll never be 100% prepared in every scenario. But with that being said, yes, am I as prepared and as excited as you? I would say, yes, I am as excited. I just genuinely have anxiety yeah. of just, you know, making a mistake because I hate making mistakes. And that's something that I'm going to, I'm actively working on and accepting that I'm just going to have to pivot i'm just going to have to go with the flow there's a million different things that can happen and can go wrong and you just got to kind of roll with it and that's parenthood in a nutshell and you have to give yourself some grace for not getting it right maybe on the first try and or the 10th time or the 10th time but you know we're all in this together the baby's gonna grow we're gonna grow as a couple we're gonna grow as individuals we're gonna both learn our style of mommyhood and all those things and I'm excited about that journey. I love a challenge. <laughs> I love learning new skills. Exhibit A, J. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge. Um, but, you know, that is, I feel like that's just honest, right? This is unfiltered. So I'm just being honest. Yeah. I would be lying if I said, yeah, I'm 100% excited. Like, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also mm, terrified. I'm yeah. terrified of the unknown because I'm so used to being a planner and you can't plan for this 100%. No, you, you can only plan so much, you know, and. I'm still going to read all the books and do all the things and take mm-hmm. all the classes and, hey, take all the advice. Please share it my way. Um, <laughs> parents out there. Uh, but I also know that I will not have it all all at once, all together, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Facts. So, yeah. So that's step one, right? Acceptance. Like accepting <laughs> that you're going to have this baby, you're going to go on this journey and you're going to go on this path. And whether it's the path of IVF or – ICI and all these different, you know, your process of making a baby, there is going to be a journey. So there are lots of conversations that need to be had ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, what for us, we we had to talk about everything, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, you know, middle case scenario. I mean, maybe that's just me being a planner, but <laughs> like anything, you know, a, a pro a pros and con list, right? You make a list because lists aren't scary. And you just have an idea and an expectation where we were having conversation about, you know, what is the max that we are willing to spend on this process that we won't, you know, that that we feel like we're willing to. Because, you know, yeah. you have to have a cap. I right. mean, not everybody does. Again, this was our journey for us. We felt like we, we wanted to put a cap on it where we were only going to spend this amount of money. And once we got to that number, then we'd have to reevaluate our family plan. Like maybe it's changing to adoption or maybe it's changing to something else but mm-hmm. we wanted to give it a fair shot and this felt very fair mm-hmm. um then there was a conversation of you know how many times that we were going to do this and you know if ivf didn't work out you know how many times were we willing to try and put our bodies through these things and emotionally go through this and put our relationship through these things and you know having a number and like again nothing is ever set in stone but at least there's a conversation that had where we kind of worked out this plan and then the criteria for finding a sperm donor what what is the criteria you got your plan i got my plan 
And for us, that's where we started, right? Like it's going to, let's break everything up. And step one for us was having these conversations about what we're willing to spend. So now we have a budget in mind and now where do we start? And we decided to start with the sperm donor. And if there's anything we can tell you, it's kind of like buying a house. It's very stressful, very competitive sometimes. And you know, you the person is out there. You just got to find the right place and the right, you know, sperm bank. And there's tons of options out there and there's a lot of information. And for us, we landed with California Cryobank. Who were amazing. Oh they God. treated us like family. And honestly, nobody taught us any of this. So it was refreshing to walk into a sperm bank that was willing to teach us everything. A through Z's of what this entails and how much it'll be and what it's like and what's the process like, you know? And the babies, like, yeah. like, you know, what questions do we need to ask? What things do we need to keep in mind? You know, you can have a wish list. There's nothing wrong with having a wish list. And then, you know, there's also reality where you're going to have to have some compromise. But what are things, you know, you're not willing to compromise on as well? And let me tell you, Eden did not want to compromise on height. <laughs> and athleticism okay well if i'm gonna (laughs) i want to spend it might as well like put in my order right okay so my wish list and have a lot of bending (laughs) but that doesn't mean that yours doesn't have to no i mean but then think about it like because we both had very strict wish lists how long did it take us to find him over a year exactly yeah so again put being patient and i think that's what that people think right they think that, you know, we're going to do this baby journey and it's going to happen. It's going to be super fast. Our whole process for this baby journey has been three years already, three year, a three-year-long process. Yeah. You know what, though, thinking about it, I think when I was single, what I should have done was had a California Cryobank account. Ooh. And then on our first date, I should have been like, okay, if you gun to your head, what kind of donor do so you need? So dramatic. Do you need uh, to create a baby? Because then it would have filtered everyone out for me faster. It's like, what if someone's like, I need them to have like pretty green eyes and like blah, blah, blah. Then I'd be like, you're too superficial. Next. Or someone's like. Wait, on our first date? Yeah. I mean, if I was single, I think this is like a good way to like filter out. Oh, absolutely. That's a terrible idea. Because when we first went on our date, I would have told you I don't want kids and then we wouldn't be here and the baby would never be born. I guess you're right. Yeah. Anyways, if y'all are single out there, you should try it and get report don't. back to me. <laughs> don't I still do think that. It's pretty fun. Do not do that. Do not listen to her. <laughs> do not. I mean, I think what's really cool is that California Cryobank is always giving out um, like a promo code. Yeah. We've given it out one before on our page, so we'll have to hit them back up to do it again. But they give a free level two membership for and like a limited I mean. time, and you can go in and you can check and poke around the site and see what you know donors are out there. And I think for us, a really big factor of why we chose California Cryobank was the criteria of how um, how much they care and how intense they are with the safety yeah. of, you know, the donors. And, and the cap. And the cap, the, ca- the pregnancy caps, the donation caps, and the extensive, like, process that these donors have to go through. Like, you really have to want to do this. Yeah. Um, and not everyone gets accepted. Their acceptance rate is so low because they care about the quality of the sperm and i will tell you i mean there's a couple of friends out there who have gone to sperm banks that we were considering at one point and they got dead sperm 
and it happens. Like you can go and buy sperm. Such a waste of money. And if it's not washed, you can get dead sperm. And we learned about sperm washing and we learned about cell checking. And, you know, but without California Cryobank walking us through those steps, we would have never known to even ask. Yeah, it's true. So we would have just, you know, like wasted money. And you know what else? I think in the Latino community, no one's talking about this either. No. No one's talking about donors or IVF. It's kind of like a taboo topic. And I feel like that's another reason why we didn't know much about it like yeah my family never talked about it you know no other content creators that i knew at the time were talking about it you know what i think it is and this is just a thought it's my opinion um you kind of brought it up right because one of um somebody asked us about the ethnicity of our donor yeah and we were telling them it was really hard not that it's impossible but it was kind of hard to find latino donors super like Y'all don't even understand. It's so rare. And the ones that we did find didn't have the best medical, medical backgrounds, backgrounds, which that was what was important to me. Yeah. You know, I could care less if they have curly hair, straight hair, blue eyes, brown eyes. I don't care. Tall, tall. None of that. doesn't matter. <laughs> what I cared about was having a clean bill of health and no prior cancers or diseases or anything that I have to worry about. Um, and I just wanted a healthy baby at the end of the day. So I, we did find out and we did see that a lot of the donors that were Latino yeah. had diabetes, cancer, um, heart problems, cancer. Like there's a lot. High that, blood pressure. Yep, high blood pressure. And some of those are curable with medication, but like some aren't. And it just, I felt weird that we were spending X amount of funds on this baby and we're not giving them like the best shot. Shot. Mm-hmm. Which kind of sucked because it's, yeah, we didn't have that many options. Oh, we, we didn't have that many options. And you brought up an interesting point um, when this person asked. And they're like, why do you think Latin- there aren't a lot of Latino donors? And I think within our family dynamic, they treat family, like blood, mm-hmm. like that's blood, right? So Bingo. it's very taboo if you go and you donate because your abuelita or your mom or somebody will be like, well, that's my grandchild. Right. And they'll see it like that's mine because that's my blood. And I feel like it's kind of it's harder for, I would say, Latinos and maybe sometimes just POC people to donate sperm because people see that as, again, like their blood and like, how dare you? That's my grandchild. That's out there. Yeah. And it 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 causes like a little bit harder of, you know, selection pool. If, if that's again. Not that I know everybody's story, but that's just what we think. And I, I think you have a really good point because, I, I mean, my mom was like that. I will tell you right now, my mom was like that because my mom used to work for the DMV when she was alive. And I kept putting, I'm pretty sure this was illegal. I kept putting donor on my driver's, driver's license. And she would go in the system and take it off. Wow. Yeah. I was like, my body, my choice. And then she's like, no, but that that's, those are my organs. I was like, no, they're mine. They're my organs. Wow. And if I'm dead, I don't need them anymore. So somebody else can have them like recycle, reduce, reuse, you know, like the ultimate recycling. And she's like, no, because your eggs are considered re- reproductive organs. And I don't want my grandbabies out there with somebody else. And it really brought me back. Like, yeah, even my mom yeah. was like that. And, you know, it, it got me thinking. There were girls in my school at college that, you know, donated their eggs for money yeah. and, like, paid their way through college. 
And I... None of them were, were Latinas. No, they're, they're all white. white. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> and, and then I thought about it too. I was like, wait, why didn't I... Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I go and you donate my eggs? You should have would have been rolling dough right now, baby. I would have been a lot better off and not struggling with that student loan debt. But <laughs> it was that. It was at my mom's voice in my head saying, you know, those are my grandbabies. Yeah. You can't donate your eggs. And I'm like, if she ever found out, she would have gotten really upset with me. But again, my body, my choice. And I think in our culture, in our community, it makes it really hard to give up a piece of your body yeah. without seeing it as like, that's mine. You know, our bloodline is, is so connected. But if you think about it, when you're doing that for somebody, it's you're giving the ultimate gift to people like like us. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you right now, everyone who goes through this process really wants that baby yeah because it is not easy heck no it is hard it is the shots the money the hormone the hormones it's it's a long road the surgery to get them out yeah then to put them back in in. (laughs) yeah it's a long a long journey so please know if you're ever considering donating you are like just giving the best gift in the entire world and you're helping people out there who like us. Like, are like us, you know, who want to start a family so bad. And, you know, we, we have the options from the people who are willing to give. And, you know, I have no idea who our donor is. And again, I really love that option with our sperm bank, which was another reason why we chose them was that they have this the semi-closed, right? Which if the child chooses to, when they're 18, if they choose to, not mandatory, you know, try to reach out to the sperm donor at 18. The child can, not that we can, but the child can have that option. And, you know, if the donor has updated their information, then, you know, they'll, you know, yeah, hand it over then they can go from there. But what I appreciate, you know, so much about that is, you know, I'm torn, right? Half of me is like, maybe they'll feel so complete that they'll never want to talk to him. And they'll be like, yeah, the dude did a good thing. Thank you so much, but I'm good. <laughs> I have my family. And the other half of me is like, I kind of hope they want to just so I can say thank you. Yeah. Like I really, I don't know. This donor, you know, will never know who we are, but I just want to tell them thank you for giving us a chance. Yeah. Um, you have no idea like how special this is. Make me emotional. <laughs> because like without without him doing something so selfless, you know, we wouldn't yeah. have a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I totally hear you. Oh, do you need tissue? Yeah, I don't oh. have any tissues here to me. My sleeve. <laughs> I got my. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 emotional, right? It's a hard it's a hard battle because you want something so bad, and here I am crying over it. <laughs> but it's it's very real, and we we spent like over a year trying to find the the perfect donor, and we had our our list and our criteria were. You know, I need mine to be kind of tall. I, okay, on the height thing, before y'all come for me. Don't come for <laughs> me on the six feet tall or something, okay? Come I, I am 5'5". Five five. Jay is 5'2". If I, again, if I'm going to... 5'2 with the 6'2 personality, <laughs> please. Exactly, that's why I wanted to find a 6'2 no, donor. but I don't have a 6'2 vagina to push this baby out of, so... <laughs> so bad. <laughs> you don't need a 6'2 vagina, I might. Babe. This baby might be coming out two feet tall. Who knows? <laughs> maybe <laughs> can you imagine i oh, don't yeah. want to imagine oh my god it's a good thing that you're going first um but you know if i'm gonna put in the order and if i'm gonna you know 
pay for this. I want it. I wanted to give our kids the best shot. Maybe they'll be like five nine or five ten or maybe six. Ain't foot. nothing wrong with the short king. Just or a uh, short king. That's fine too. We could all be the same height together. That's you know, fine. statistically, short kings like they love on their person more. They're more romantic. They got to try a little harder. <laughs> Just off the bat, I'm okay with the short king. Listen, if our future kid listens to this, I'm telling you right now, dude, it was fine. I was totally fine with you being 5'2". I am fine with them being 5'2". That's what she's saying now. (laughs) I'm fine. Nothing, again, you can put in and try to plan as much as possible and nothing is guaranteed. So even then, having a six foot tall donor, still not guaranteed we're going to have anything like that. Yeah, I wanted to have somebody who was an athlete or athletic and our kid can be artsy as hell and like never want to work out with me. Like that's (laughs) it. You know, like you can only try so much. That's Eden's nightmare. If our kid, because (laughs) our our donor is um, very athletic and Mm -hmm. that was another thing that Eden really wanted in our sperm donor. And so this guy is our sperm donor. He is a semi-professional athlete. So Eden's dream is to run marathons with their kid, <laughs> be the soccer mom, like do all the things, and it would be hilarious. Any sport, I will be so happy. If they hate all sports, <laughs> they're just like into chess or something, or like, or they're like nerds like me. They just want to play video games all day and like love horror movies. Oh my gosh, like super artsy. They not yeah. even care to go outside. I love it. They love to record shop and just yeah. I'm all about it. I'm get, I should just give up on the stream as we speak. But, you know, again, again nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. I, we can – the sperm donor can be athletic. A kid can hate athleticism. And my dreams of being a soccer mom are out the window. And that's fine too. And that's like, – this is, this is that pivoting conversation we had in the beginning, right, yeah. where you're just going to have to go with it and nothing is 100% guaranteed. I just hope that they – you know, my sport – in high school and college was so so boring <laughs> i i just ran i just ran in a circle you guys just watch me run in a circle hey hey hey! i loved it? watching you run the marathon last year that was fun oh you just like see me take off yeah. and then you're like okay I'd meet you i'll be back in an hour and then yeah I'd, yeah i'd catch you and i'd make sure you had water and all the things you needed i loved it that was really sweet i, I loved seeing you out there last year's marathon that was really cool so i never want to hear you talk talk smack about running because it is fun <laughs> as long as i'm not running yeah i'm happy i mean i i hope i hope our kid likes to be outside because i love an outside buddy too yeah but not guaranteed however what we can try to do and pre- prepare for which was a big portion on your criteria which was the cancers the diabetes yeah. all the things that we can try to eliminate all of us to say we found the perfect sperm donor and then we went to... Oh, it's something that somebody else told us to keep an eye on was the age. Remember? Oh, yeah. 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 That's actually really important mm-hmm. and something that we didn't even think about. Yeah. But one of our friends told us the importance of getting finding your sperm donor that has the same age oh, or was born. It was the Sharon moms. Oh, yeah. Thank <laughs> Shout you. out. <laughs> Shout out to the Sharon moms. Shout out to the Sharon moms who told us to also consider the age Correct. of the sperm donor so that you're not choosing someone that's too old by the time your child is of age to go on that journey if they decide to. Mm-hmm. And that was something that we didn't think about at all. You don't like, want them we, to be dead. Maybe. You don't want the, yes, you don't want them to, <laughs> to be, be that alive and by alive. the time your child is old enough to kind of go on that journey of finding their donor and. Yeah, we kept that in mind as well. Mm-hmm. So it made it even 
extra hard yeah. to find the right donor. But we did. Our donor is basically like around our age around a little, little bit. Age so a little bit older. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so he should still hopefully be around. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Hopefully <laughs> be alive. Nothing is promised. No, yeah, nothing is promised. But that was a really good you know, point. And then when we put that in the system, like donors between this age and this age, then that eliminated yeah. a whole other thing that we weren't even thinking about. So needless to say, keeping those things in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's where we started. And there was a point where Jay's favorite part of this whole process, and I think sometimes you low-key miss it because every time a friend is, you know, going through California Crybank and picking a sperm donor, you're like, can we do the celebrity lookalike? Can I just go and see it's so what fun. the options are? You have to explain what that is. Okay, so I don't know if all cryobanks do this, but California Cryobank does it and they show you a picture and everybody asks like do they show you a picture of mm-hmm. the donor they show you a baby picture of the donor and um they also have like the um celebrity lookalikes so there's like a baby picture of them and then a picture of what celebrity they look like and i thought that was awesome because there was babies that look like brad pitt and there were babies that look like steve buscemi and there are babies that look like just random people oh, who was that that you the other day i remember this one specifically we were in the kitchen and you were like do you want a baby that looks like who is the guy in dallas cowboys club oh he's, uh, he's a sing dallas buyers club uh he's a singer too oh you're talking and about, an actor um dang it what is his name and then I was like, no, I don't want a baby that looks like him. But it was just the celebrity lookalike thing would just always throw me off. But it was really fun to kind of see. <laughs> oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. And But then it was it was kind of strange. You're like, do you want a baby that looks like Jared Leto? And then it makes it sound like you're going to have a baby with Jared mm. Leto. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want a baby that looks like Jared Leto. <laughs> no offense to Jared Leto, but... Or people who would want a baby like that. But that was just I my I found that so cool. Opinion. And then our friends ended up uh, used going to Cryobank as well, California Cryobank. That was then, so fun. Yeah. We all, we helped them. We had basically a sleepover and we helped them choose their donor. And I think that's really cool too, right? Like, yeah. I think when you're starting a baby, it can be a little isolating. Mm-hmm. But when you make it fun like that and you you have your friends and your chosen family over and you're all listening to the voicemails and you're all reading the bios, it makes it a little less scary. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Like, I almost feel like we should have done that. Like, invited all of our friends, cooked, had booze, and then projected it on a screen and be like, okay, who do we vote for? Who do we like? Uh, you know Top what? Three. Why we didn't? Because we did talk about it. We wanted to do a sperm yeah. picking party. Like that was going to be our thing. We were going to have this big event. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be so fun. But then we realized if you find a donor you like, you have to jump on it. Yes. Very fast. Right. And this was the first time we saw a donor that had all of our criteria and his sperm don- donation files were dangerously low. Yeah. Like it was do or die. We had to get it now or it was not going to happen. And that's another thing when you find the right donor, if they're popular, it's like yeah. as soon as you're talking about it over dinner, by the time you're done eating, the sperm is gone. We made that mistake one time. Yeah. Yeah. When we found a donor, he was a, a watchmaker. Watch, a watchmaker. Yeah. He was really rad. He was cool. And we were like, okay, let's go to bed. We're going to think about it. We're still thinking about him. Let's start the process and, you know, and then we started to talk about it, you know, First at time night. I ever thought about a man in bed. <laughs> that part. Yeah. <laughs> the first time we're ever talking about men in bed and like, 
you know, thinking about it and thinking about the type of person that he is, because you do get a lot of information. Yeah. You did. You do get a voice recording. You get to hear the interview. And we were like, yeah, okay. I think I think tomorrow, like, let's let's see what the next steps are. We open our computer, gone, done yeah. deal. And so when it came to our donor, yeah. we were quick, yeah, so quick that we bought out all the vials, sixteen vials. Why do we need sixteen vials? I <laughs> <Panic>. have no idea. <laughs> but what is really cool about California Cryobank is that they have a sperm buyback program. They do, which a lot of cryobanks don't. Like, if you use it, that's on you. If you yeah. don't, that's on you. But they buy it back at a, like a like a percentage, and that's still better than nothing. If you don't need it anymore, if you're not using it, that's true. That's really really cool. So we were like, let's rather be safe than sorry. Let's get all the sperm. Let's you know use it all until we don't need any more, and then you know we can give it back to them or figure out what our next steps are. But it it is you know kind of like a rat race. You got to be quick on it. And when we were with our friends. It was just such a cool experience because it was different than ours yeah. where they were a little bit more laxed with their criteria, what they wanted. So we made they it. They weren't a Gemini. No, I like to plan everything. It, it was fun, you know, so we got to go through all of their celebrity lookalikes and we got to narrow it down from like 10 to 5 and 5 to 2. And then we just kept listening to their audio recordings over and over again. And then we're like, I like his voice. Or I like his answer. Yeah. Um, and you know what's yeah. really fun about that is that our friend is planning on inseminating sometime in October, um, maybe November. And I'm really excited because if our pregnancy works, then we should be pregnant together. And I think that's hey. really cool that you're pregnant with your friend. But this is why we pushed the podcast to the last minute for today because we got new information. Yep. So we wanted to keep this as up-to-date as possible. We're going to talk about these babies. And our appointment that we have is in a week yes and so then we'll know what our official next steps are for our next thursday's podcast next thursday's podcast so then you'll have a new baby update on what we're where we're at what's gonna happen um we have no idea what to expect because this is a a whole new step that neither you and i have gone through mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit easier for us to predict IVF when I went through it because we watched you go through it. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, I kind of know what the plan is, but now we're in, you know, no man's land. Yeah. But all of this conversation so far has just been about sperm. We haven't even gotten into the IVF process or the extraction or what that was like on our bodies. Yeah. Um, and your body. So, yeah. I feel like we had very different experiences when it came to our IVF journey so yeah. far. I mean – I think first step was obviously finding the sperm, finding the sperm donor, or finding the cryobank. And we were so happy with that decision that we made. And then the next step was, okay, where do we stand? Who's going to go first? I, I First, we actually thought I was going to go first. Yeah. Um, and then we checked under the hood for both of us. And then the doctors said that, you know, you're running – pretty low on your time mm-hmm. a couple of your test results came back not in our favor and it got a little scary for a moment and yeah. they, I basically had to rush they, they were saying yeah, that they I had to rush much it. time if I wanted to if this was an option for you yeah. so we went straight to it not knowing anything and our first round of extraction was really rough on me yeah. and on us because it was 
I went through everything. We spent thousands of dollars on medication, did the whole thing. And halfway through the treatment, we didn't get anything. The doctor was like, this is, there's nothing that I can extract. Well, halfway through, your body wasn't responding to the medication. And that's what I appreciated so much about going to Hanabusa and having in San Diego and having Dr. LeBlanc to be our doctor, be our fertility doctor, because, you know, we decided to opt in to do IVF after our doctors um, told us that we were probably going to need some help with this and that having a, I wouldn't say natural birth, but, you know, natural insemination was maybe not going to be an option for us because of Jay's uh, levels, hormone levels. So we decided to do the IVF route. Again, there are more cost-effective routes where you can go in and do it at home and do yeah. at-home insemination. And that's a lot turkey more. Turkey-based. Turkey-based. A lot more effective. Or there can be like doctor-assisted turkey-basting, which, you know, increase your odds a little bit yeah. more. And no shade to that. Um, I I feel like that's also a good route. Yeah. Even I have been saving to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I wanted – I knew that like I needed to go – sooner than later so i i felt like i wanted the best shot yeah they they just said miscarriages were more than likely going to be very high Mm -hmm. for jay because her hormone levels so our best chance is to do ivf and so now you're like okay where do i start with the ivf process where there's so much information out there there's so many different options and we didn't want to pump our bodies with so many hormones and just feel because this is the you know the feedback we were getting you would get so many hormones pumped into your body and then your hormone levels drop you feel a mixture of emotions they're like sometimes marriages and like relationships don't last (laughs) honestly i feel that though because my first round and even my second my hormone levels were so off i was like depressed one day and then happy the next and then sad the next like it was was very and then hungry (laughs) I had the craziest cravings. I had. I normally I don't like sweets. I'm not yeah. a sweet person. I'm more savory. But through my IVF, like with all the hormones, all I wanted was chocolate cake, cookies, donuts, cornbread, cornbread. <laughs> That's all I wanted, which is so scary. But with with me, mini IVF in Hanabuso is really pioneering in this space. They only give you the amount of hormones that you need. Yeah. No more, no less. And only get out, you know, a healthy amount of eggs. Like, you don't need 20, you know, maybe we just needed, you know, two or five or one or, you know, all you need is really, all you need is one. But, you know, the, it, it we're not going to do so many hormones all at once. And so we ended up doing mini IVF and halfway through your IVF journey, Dr. Blanc was like, let's just stop. Yeah, your, it's not worth it. Your follicles aren't growing. The size of the the eggs aren't aren't responding to the medication. I'm not going to have you waste money and putting your body through this because this cycle is just not looking good for us. So she had to stop halfway. And, and I think in my first cycle, we had nine eggs that we were working with. The first cycle that the they didn't saw? Work. Yeah, I think it was nine. Um, I think it was yeah about nine, nine or ten, ten, or ten. nine right. or ten 
and And that was like considered a really good um number like Mm -hmm. a decent number so when she gave me that news but we also seen you have like 12 before yeah it kept it kept deteriorating yeah we were like 12 and then 9 12 when i got checked the first time Mm -hmm. so she was like let's go the next cycle you should try we tried the next cycle Mm -hmm. i had nine Mm -hmm. i did the entire treatment and it's rough like my heart goes out to women that are infertile and that are trying to have babies that do this multiple multiple times because i couldn't hang i was so depressed and i think that a lot of people don't talk about the depression that comes when you don't get the uh, the numbers that you desperately want and that you desperately need because for me i i like after she cut it and she's like we can't do it like your body's just not reacting i immediately felt like yeah i was less than or i wasn't woman enough or I I was just angry because I think for me when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to have kids. And this is this was like my biggest fear coming true, right? Yeah. Like the doctor telling me like there's no hope, you can't do it, we'll have to try again. And we had already spent thousands of dollars at this that point really that we sad. were never gonna get back. And then just internally I was super yeah. depressed because my body wasn't doing what it's supposed to be doing at my age and like what's wrong with me mm-hmm. um so there was a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome and there was a, a good amount of time that i was super depressed and just sad about all of it you know mm-hmm. and i think we don't talk about that part of ivf enough because mm-hmm. it's draining and it's heavy it was like, hard to watch you go through physically that. but emotionally it was really hard to watch you be so sad and as somebody who likes to fix things it was I think that was the hardest to just feel like I can't fix this. Like, I don't know how to fix this one. And to just be there for you however you need me to be. But you were, you were really, really sad. And just knowing that, having to remind you that this is not your fault. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. But you can't help but blame yourself. Yeah. You know. So I get that. And then we had a real conversation because we had already drained our savings account trying to, um, do IVF the first time and we had a long conversation about you know how many more tries are we going to realistically do and Mm -hmm. and what's the best thing for us not only for like our future but uh economically you know yeah because I didn't I think my biggest fear was throwing money down the drain Mm. and having to do this so many times and so I I told you I'm going to do it one more time yeah, and, we, but we said this time let's change, right? Yes. Let's, let's give it our all. Yeah. Let's make sure you get X amount of sleep. Let's make sure we're not going drinking. to the gym, not drinking, taking your vitamins, not stressing. Just, Which is so hard to do. Yeah, it was that part, right? It yeah. was the not stressing part and just doing all of the things to give you the best option possible and getting massages and Mm -hmm. and, and just relaxing right we took a couple of trips to the beach and we did a a staycation and just got away and however we can make your body feel the most relaxed let's do it let's let's try again but let's change some things up let's let's give it our best shot to say that we confidently are giving it our best shot because we kept our livelihood as normal yeah. The first time around, like we were up super late. We were going out a lot. We were going into hot tubs. I don't know. That Maybe that's the superstition. But we were not to say you need to cut everything out. That was just our choice because 
we've heard multiple positive feedbacks, you know, to keep our livelihood the same or whatever you need to do to relax. It looks very different for everybody. We just relaxed in the way that we felt like made sense to try to prepare your body. Right. And then the medicine actually started to respond. And then we got through the halfway point, which was further than we got through Mm -hmm. the first time around. And things started to look pretty up and we started to get some good feedback. Also, we had less eggs to work with so my first cycle was 12 then mm-hmm. it was nine and then this cycle was eight mm-hmm. seven eight it was eight it was eight so it was still dwindling and my biggest fear was that it was gonna happen all over again yeah but you're right i think changing our lifestyle and trying to not stress out really helped mm-hmm. the lifespan of our eggs growing the second time around tell them how many eggies you got in the bag and then i came in like superwoman (laughs) and i got seven of these mofos ready to go excuse you where'd the seventh one come from you have six i have six don't i have a um no that's mine oh yeah well i include yours because it's mine it's my (laughs) child as well you can't neglect that but yes six i have six of my own you have six of your own my own dna six six good and one of them is a mosaic mosaic which if you don't know what that is it means that they have some sort of like there's just some chromosomes that may be missing and that can cause you know some sort of still good to go but it might be a little abnormal like for example not they 100%. have like not 100 but i think this is so cool you heard this one share. time <laughs> i just want to share okay? okay it's my mosaic it's my baby <laughs> okay i want to highlight the mosaic as well again they are a little different but i just want to highlight okay anyways they might have like one brown or green eye or one blue and one green like they might just have a different color of eye or they might have like a patch of gray hair or they might gray early like cool superhero things like that okay that's not the description of a mosaic yes it is however that's how jay's interpreting it they're special what i appreciate so much about our fertility bank is that they give us grades right like grades in school a a a b a b c c d f F- in F- general, F- all of your embryos have are graded. Are graded. And so that makes it a little bit easier. And you had multiple grade A's, like of double A's. Of course I did. I'm <laughs> a D1 athlete over here. <laughs> Eggy making the machine. creme of the creme. Creme of the creme. And you had six. And when we got the call from Hannah Busa, they were so mind blown. Because statistically, this yeah. is a numbers game, right? So if they pulled out six, I was only supposed- sorry. They pulled out eight. You're only supposed to maybe walk away with two, two healthy ones. I was, if they pulled out eight, I was gonna supposed to walk out with four in the surgery, and then they had to get tested. Mm-hmm. So realistically, I should have only had two that were like solid, ready to go embryos. Mm-hmm. But I had six, baby. <laughs> you had six, six out of eight, and they were all viable. Yeah, like they're all cute. They're all like, yes, they're all cute. We have a soccer team over there. And the numbers, again, they prepped us for those expectancy, and you killed it. Mm-hmm. And you were so I was an proud. anomaly. You're an so anomaly. So much so that the doctor called us, and he's like, I've never seen numbers like this. Not even with my 21-year-old patients. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Your cha-cha-cha is iconic. Yeah, <laughs> my cha-cha-cha is on fire. I hope not. Call me. <laughs> um, dang. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> See, you 
lost it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Something about an egg joke in there. I was. How did you know? Egg. Call you mother hen because you have nothing but eggs. I don't oh. know. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of it right now. I was going to say, call me fertile myrtle, baby. Baby's better. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that'll work. Um, but that was that was our whole experience in a nutshell for for you, and then watching you go through it, and so all the scary. doctors were hyping me up and telling me that because I'm younger than Jay, I have all this time, and I have, you know, I don't even have to worry. It's gonna be great. And then they, and then it's my turn to go, mm-hmm. and I end up having worse numbers, and like. Oh, it was such a hard experience. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was disheartening because um, we weren't accounting for me having endometriosis. Well, they found a couple of things. Yeah, I had um, cysts on my ovaries that I had been battling with basically my entire life. And I just thought by now they would be gone. And so at times the cyst would grow bigger. Sometimes the cyst would grow smaller. But still, the ovary really wasn't functioning. Mm -hmm. You're working with one. Couldn't really get any eggs out of it and then – or couldn't even see the egg because the cyst was so big and on the monitor it was really hard to see. And so we're working with one ovary and the ovary one time had like zero follicles on the screen. And do you, you understand what it's like to go into a doctor's appointment and they're looking for follicles yeah. and there are none? Like z- that is the most disheartening feeling and for those of you that are new to this entire conversation, follicles are the things that you find in your uterus, and some of them may have eggs, and some of them might they're in your not. ovaries. They're in your ovaries, yeah. And some of the, the they, and they kind of call or consider follicle your egg. It's not one hundred percent guaranteed to be an egg, but pretty close. They're gonna we're gonna assume they're it like might Easter be an egg. eggs, right? Yeah. Like some might have candy in them but some might have nothing Nothing. so you want as many follicles as possible to increase your chances of having candy in your easter egg oh i love that that was a really good analogy but that's exactly it and then the doctor's got to go hunting and go find them all yeah so eden had (laughs) none at one point none no easter eggs on one of in one of her ovaries and i think the experience for me was harder because this whole time i kept hearing it's going to be easier for yeah. me. I'm You're younger. Fine. I'm You're fine. Healthy. I'm healthy. I, you know, work out very often. <sighs> and my my hormone levels on paper were amazing. But the moment they did the ultrasound and they were just seeing how many follicles I had, the game completely changed for me. Yeah. Um, Like, I think the best number we ever saw at one point was maybe eight. Eight, eight follicles and that was two on the bad ovary maybe one on the bad ovary and then yeah. the rest are on the other one and so when we, we kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off because the doctor is also all about stats numbers just like you, right numbers so she wanted to see all of your cycles maybe three of your cycles four of your cycles to kind of compare and see if she can figure out what month or when you should go and none of the did. cycles were great <laughs> Like, if I'm going to be honest, none of them are great. It was just bad or worse. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's go with the bad and just try because we're afraid of it getting worse. Yeah. And we did. We tried. We went on a bad cycle. We went We went on a bad cycle, but we were very hopeful mm-hmm. and optimistic, and so was the doctor. And we ended up... And I was trying to be so competitive because <laughs> I went in and... I was on they, – they ended up putting me to sleep. You were awake through the process. How many did you find again? 
that they pulled out on your surgery? I wanted eight. I know you wanted eight, but what did we get? Six. Six, okay. We had six. And for me, that number was sad because <laughs> I did the math in my head. I was like, okay, they pull out six. That means three aren't going to make it. And then and the three that aren't going to make it, then that means I'm going to have one. Like the math of the, how they prepared me for it because you are an anomaly and I don't uh-huh. know if lightning would ever strike twice. Maybe. And then plus you really wanted a boy. So then I was like, there's listen, extra pressure. Listen, <laughs> if we had a girl, is totally fine. Would it have been? Would yeah, because I had six. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would it have I really been? I got three been? boys and three girls. We are good. Yeah, and then also you can know the gender and all that stuff. That's a conversation for another podcast because I know we're getting pretty close to the hour mark. But when I went under and the first thing you did when you when you woke me up, we were just like, hey, you did it. And then I was like, how many eggs did I get? You eggs? were so cute because you were still under anesthesia. And they brought you in and you looked like Sleeping Beauty. It was so cute. All the nurses were telling me how beautiful you looked, even uh, like dead (laughs) on the table. And uh, we were just admiring you. And then your eyes opened and I was like, baby, you did it. Like, we're good. How do you feel? Like, take it slow. You're just waking up. You did it. I'm so proud of you. And you didn't care about any of that. You were just like, how How many many did I get? (laughs) And I was like, what? You're like, how many did they pull out? And I was like, six. And you're like, eight. Yeah, <laughs> literally, one eye open, one eye close. You're like, eight? I'm like, no, six. You're like, I was like, but six? <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> so sad. I really was so sad. I was like half drunk and like very sad about it because I just knew. I knew the numbers and you get your results fairly quickly. It's like almost like five days. You get like a, a one-day mark, a three-day mark and then like your final mark and after the one-day mark you know I lost a follicle already and I was like oh here we go no I I think I lost three follicles you did and then we were down to three and then I was still optimistic you're still optimistic okay there's three it's fine and then we got the result that we lost another one Mm -hmm. um and I'm like oh now there's only two and then we got the final result and it was basically one and a half. I had one that was grade AA and then one that was basically grade C. And the likelihood of that coming to full term, I think, is only like 15 or 20%. So the odds of me having a miscarriage with Yo, that one. Yo, but are... we have one. Okay, so we had one. And then I was like, okay, what's the gender? Because <laughs> you wanted a boy and I only have one. So I'm like, moment of truth, let me just let's do it. Just hit me with it. What is it? <laughs> And it was a boy. And it's a boy. Not that it matters. They can be whatever they want. That's true. They can change their mind when they Just get that saying. choice. But it was really, really cool because I I felt like I, I had a dream and I had a boy. And then I was just really yeah, excited you about it. Vivid dream. And it's funny because I've had dreams about our future kids too. And I see them like little curly, curly-haired babies running around and just like smiling. And I had a dream that I was playing the ukulele to our, our son in the crib once that looked that felt very real um and that's cool like i think it was he was meant to be you know yeah it was just the one and now that we got you caught up on our journey the next steps would be to inseminate our little embryo babies 
So we're going to find out from our next appointment when that time might be, mm-hmm. what that process is going to look like. And as soon as we know, y'all will know, hopefully by the next podcast. So light up your little candles, pray to the Virgin Mary, send us good <laughs> vibes because I would love to be pregnant by this year. That would be amazing. <laughs> and on that note, we will see you next week. Please don't forget to give this five stars thumbs up let us know any questions you may have we'll get you updated as soon as we can by next week also don't forget that we're throwing a halloween party on october 14th in la at catch one tickets are on sale link in bio it's always a vibe it's our annual halloween party and this year we're also taking it to new york city baby on october 21st so we'll see you at the party apreciosa get your tickets it sold out last year it'll definitely sell out again this year thousand dollars for the best costume that part go try to win a thousand (laughs) dollars that could be somebody's rent or half their rent at least somewhere um but we are you living with rent i know i just said that i said half i was like maybe half but you know what? These are hard times out here. We're going to help out any way we can and get your costumes ready. I want to see people bring it this year. And it's going to be funny. It's going to be a vibe. I'm ready. I feel like it ha- it's been a minute since Preciosa. <laughs> yeah, it's time. All right. On that note, bye. bye.